You're listening to Rock, Pop, and Roll. Welcome to it. Welcome to Rock, Pop, and Roll, episode number 39. An 80s rocker who went into the early 90s burned real bright. Slowly went away, only to return. Did you know what it was? Hang with me. It's worth it. It's a good deep dive into a guy who made some, some 80s rock, pop rock on the radio that I think you dig. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Rob. Recording live from Indiana, from Indianapolis, just outside of Indianapolis on the farm, in the home studio today. Last time I think I recorded at the, I know I did, at the kitchen table. It was a nice, sunny, or uh, upper 70s, blue sky kind of day. It's like that today, too, but back into the home studio. May hear dogs, may not. We'll see. Let's go back to the guy that we're going to talk about. And and there was the recorded output, uh, but there was the live stuff. Give me an A, give me an A. You know, I can feel in my bones. Uh, these people come here to jam. Uh, this ain't fast enough. Uh, we a song make everybody want to jump up and testify. We a song make everybody want to get up and dance with your friends. Uh, Everybody get on up, get on up. You can have the cage queen. That's what I that's what I remember about a guy named Henry Lee Summer was that live show. That live show and how it was so integral to to the to what he was doing and who he was. Henry Lee Summer, the sound of eighties radio pop rock and roll. He put the work in, he had the live shows had some independent albums before he had the major label albums, but his career probably peaked with that Wish I Had a Girl from his debut major label album. Though he'd been doing music six nights a week, rocking the hotel lounges of the day, which you could do in the early 80s, putting out, but there was yeah, there was music everywhere, and he was in, in the capital city of the state of Indiana. From Brazil, Indiana he was, which is over by Terre Haute, which is the west side of the state. But he put out his own glossy two of his own loose glossy self-releases that were actually noticed in indiana and then uh he did a couple of those and then got a major label deal and so to be a radio listener a music listener for a period from maybe the mid-60s to the mid-90s it meant you were you were listening on the radio a, a communal and a solitary experience everybody was hearing the same stuff but you might be hearing it alone and in your car and so there was always those 
you know, there's always the heads, man, that sat in front of the stereos with the headphones digging into the music that was not mainstream of the at, at the time. Early on, not me. Later on, yeah. But radio was a place I think back to, if you think back to where you were, anything earlier than maybe 2000, radio was where you heard first and waited on the music. Radio tried more new music at the time, especially if it fit the sound of the station This is not the podcast where we lament the breakdown of radio and why it became suck. That's not what we're here for. Henry Lee Summer, he he latched onto the sound of what pop and rock radio in the 80s was sounding like. He cracked the formula. He rode that bad boy sound to a a couple of hits. This was the uh, third single from that debut album. This the song from that album, though, that, that, that he figured out how to bring the live to to the studio. Uh, and it was one that was, shoot, he, he's played this one at, at, all, at all the shows. How do you take what's live and make it, make it good in the studio? I, I think this is how you do it. Some called wingtip shoes. We knew in Indiana because we'd seen him live. He had a couple of hits, a handful of uh, self-released albums, but we knew. Weird? Eh, really not. Because of his history here. Wingtip shoes. The live show. Live. Oh my God, that cat live, that cat, man, in his prime, Henry Lee Summer, he burned in the same orbit in the draft of John Cougar Mellencamp. John was bigger, he wrote better songs, and he had put in the years too, in the clubs and the bars, but Henry Lee Summer shined pretty bright at the same time. He was more Springsteen, the fire you up and preach to you version of Bruce than any live performer that I was seeing, but there was a time when... And I saw hundreds of shows, thousands of shows. I've seen a lot. Henry Lee Summer brings it that brings that fiery preacher. Let's rock. Get you all going. Make you feel good. That that is the Henry Lee Summer that a bunch of Midwest folks take as his legacy. I wish I had a girl. Sure. Yeah. Great radio rocker for sure. Check it out, Leroy. That song was a number. It was a number one on rock radio. Hit. It was number twenty on the Billboard Hot 100, the Casey Kasem Countdown Hot 100. It was initially recorded for his 1985 album Time for Big Fun. The song was re-recorded, re-released on his debut album with Epic in 1988, and it got the guy on the radio. But in the beer tents, the theaters, the mid-sized venues. Music clubs in Indiana. That's where he. Sh- that's where he was shining and and opening up at the time for Chicago's uh, of the world. Sh- cheap Trick, Eddie Money for a time in arenas and damn near winning every night. That's why I we do we I do love the memory of what Henry Lee Summer brought. If you're one of those shows, one of those live shows, you saw it. Yeah. 
in a piece that I wrote about Henry Lee Summer. It appeared in Nouveau News Weekly's 20th anniversary issue back in 2010. I was writing that article, and I went to see Henry Lee play. He was playing a, a small bar called Moondogs in a little town called Fisher's suburb of Indianapolis. The night I saw him was the first time in a long time that I had that I had seen Henry Lee Summer on a stage. Certainly seemed like a moment early in his journey back from what had become his bottom, and more about that in a bit. But it was a cold winter night. The snow was falling. It was, I remember. Not cliche, maybe cliche, but true. Henry Lee Summer was on stage at a north side little bar weeknight. There to sing a few songs, play some guitar, have a bit of fun, and maybe get himself into a little bit better musical fighting shape. But just another gig, but a, a bit more than that, too. And I had interviewed him for that issue. He said, what I'm trying to do, he, he said, is go back to square one. He said at the time, my goal in one year is to have a full-time band that I can play my old and new music. And at the time I wrote that original piece, it had been more than 20 years since Henry Lee Summer had broken big with that Wish I Had a Girl. This is Rock Pop and Roll. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. I always appreciate it. Go to rockpopandroll.com if you want to find any of the older episodes. A quick checkup on Henry Lee Summer. His first album, Stay With Me, self-released 1984, had an album called Time for Big Fun in 85 that had some of the songs that would be on his debut. I wish I had a girl, darling Daniel, don't got no money, and had the had the title track, which was a staple of his live show. Big, big, big cheesy glory days esque keyboard. The second single from so the first single from his uh, from his major label debut album was that "Wish I Had a Girl." The second single uh, went with the power ballad. There's a top ten hit on rock radio. Only made its number fifty-seven on the Hot One Hundred. And that third single, Hands on the Radio, was number 28 on the rock charts and 85 on the Hot 100. So scraped scraped into it, but didn't do much. But they came one, two, three on the on the on the debut record on the album. Bang, bang, bang! Just a a great little debut album for Henry Lee. He had a follow up. His his other albums. Uh, the follow up was a year later. I've got everything. So it went to number 78 on the album chart. His debut went to number 56 and then had two more major label albums, Way Past Midnight in 1991 and Slam Dunk in 1993. And then Henry Lee had a, a trio of self-released records, uh, Smoke and Mirrors Live and a little self-released thing called Big Drum. From that Smoke and Mirrors, that was 1999, but still had that on that album, on that uh, Smoke and Mirrors album, and I saw him live at a bar in Kokomo, Indiana, during this tour, and had a good band, and ha- it still had that feel of major label guy. There ain't nobody gonna jump and shout, dance all about, just to try to bring you up, nobody gonna give you more. Off that, Smoke and Mirrors is, a, is this song called Psychotic Neurotic. Oh, you type. 
Rock, pop, and roll. It was a late 80s rock and roll filtered through top 40 AM radio and smoky bars, the sound of the Midwest. That was the Indiana rocker that was Henry Lee's summer. When I talked to him, he said I always wanted to have a, a hit record, so I was lucky and thankful. He said I was in heavy rotation on MTV, on the radio. People remember that. And, yeah, he was on the radio. So, do, so your your bar trivia that you can uh, pull up, pull out when you're sitting at the bar. Hey, what was Henry Lee Summers' biggest hit? Was it "Wish I Had a Girl"? That's what everybody would say, right? It went to number twenty on the Hot 100. Off that second album, the debut single "Hey Baby" went to number eighteen. So there is your answer. There is the winner. Henry Lee Summer had a manager, a guy named, and I'm not met him, read it online, James Bogard, B-O-G-A-R-D, was his manager. has a great um, archive of what it was when Henry Lee was was ascending and, and some of the things that they did. On that, on that website, he talks about uh, the soundtrack albums, and Henry Lee did a, a number of them. But he said there was one movie, Twins, which I think was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. It was the second movie soundtrack that Henry Lee was asked to contribute to. There was a song that they negotiated for Henry to not just perform the song, but uh, James says to produce the track for a budget that was $50,000. They recorded the entire project at Henry's studio, dubbed House of Noise in Indianapolis. And essentially, that money paid for that next album to be recorded in Henry's house. I've got everything. So they wanted to do this soundtrack and say, this soundtrack song, and, and show the label, yeah, we can do this. Look at this. We we can record good stuff, good sounding stuff, in our own studios. Let us do that second album ourselves. James says, in truth, we'd already started that second album in, in, in Indianapolis before that soundtrack came out. So played some games, paid off. I like the sound of that second album. This is that track that they recorded to show the studio. Kind of a lost track. The sound of Hey Baby, No Way of Knowing. That second album for Columbia, I was working in radio at the time, and we kind of went deep on that record. We probably went four tracks because I, it, we were in Indiana at that radio station. I thought, you know, I like the sound of this thing. It's, it's what I was into. If I look back, if I look back at, um, and I did this the other day when I was driving, just thinking, you know, you think and drive, drive and think, and I heard a song, a John Mellencamp song from his Uh-Huh album, the follow-up to American Fool that album and i started to think and i think i think in groups of three with albums is there an artist that can put out three consecutive solid good great albums and 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 that that's you know look at any artist what are the three albums in succession that might have been the peak of their career 
you know, you can play it for any artist. You can play it for Springsteen. Is it Born to Run, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and The River? Is it those three? I don't know. Is it The River, Nebraska, Born in the USA? Well, that, you know, he might have had a five-album run. Some, But if an artist can do three in a row, and Mellencamp did, and those were the three albums that I, that I believe laid that foundation for all the roots rock, garage rock, alt country, blah, 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 all that kind of sounding guitar, drums, keyboards, Midwest stuff that I ended up, that I still like, veer off more frequently now. I can find other stuff that I'm like, I like that, but it, it seems to reflect back to the uh-huh record, which was his stones, Stonesy emulation of that crunch, and that vibe. Scarecrow, which was a template for roots rock, you know, that cracking, that snare drum of Kenny Aronoff, the 60s rock vibe they practiced so hard to give off. And then Lonesome Jubilee, which, again, a template this for alt country, no, no depression. That sound, the fiddles and the accordion, and, uh, and it's still rocked. And I still say, I believe in my heart, in my rock and roll soul, that the greatest, tightest, best band performance I ever saw, and I saw Patty, and I've seen a, I, all of them, was John Mellencamp and his band in 1988 at the, coming to the tail end of his Lonesome Jubilee tour. And they were a hot, rocking, tight, fired up band as I saw them at Pine Knob Music Theater outside of Detroit, Michigan in 1988 in the summer of, and thought, oh my, that is, walked away going, that's the best. That second album, so so that's where my that's where I come from, and that second album for Henry Lee Summer, I know I've talked a lot here. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but sometimes, right? That's what it takes. That second album, they took that wingtip shoes template. They brought that live vibe into the studios to make a record that was more live, more raw. Tracks on the album that never got played that were unbelievably great. If you like that, Heartland Midwest guitar rock and roll. With always, always a little bit of the gospel. So Hey Baby was the big hit off of that album. And uh, there were tracks on the album that I thought, man, that's been, uh, that'll light up live, which he did. So at that time, Henry Lee Summer was a, was a could go on late night shows. There's on YouTube. You can find the clips with Arsenio Hall when he was on and did, a, I think he ran into the crowd during Hey Baby and did a version of a great live version of... Uh, the Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose track that was on that second album, the live version, uh, burned up that night. It's, it, it's worth searching out that, that Arsenio Hall YouTube clip. Prime in release summer. So the final two studio albums, Way Past Midnight, Slam Dunk, Business was changing. I think grunge, 93, grunge was a thing. And the sound of Henry Lee Summer. Bit of a radio slow fade. 
So, so, what's this all meaning? Why are we spending the time on a on a a couple of hit wonder from Indiana? Why are we doing that? After ninety um, nine, he had a couple of cover bands: the Alligator Brothers and a band called Candy Bomber. They played a club called CT Peppers in Indianapolis regularly, weekly. Henry Lee played drums. Mostly toboggan hat pulled low. I remember going in and um, it looked like he might be doing okay with the singles and the albums and the arena shows gone. Maybe he was liking playing drums. Seemed like maybe. It also seemed like maybe that wasn't true. The valley here was that in, he went into rehab in 2009. People in Indiana were aware. Enough of uh, those of us who have seen him live, seen that magic, and had that radio relationship with Henry Lee Summer, we, we heard the news. 88 and 89 were two years when the music became imprinted on anyone who was rocking with the radio and seeing shows in the Midwest. Heartland rock and roll revival Henry Lee Summer shows. So the fall was noticed. His subsequent absence uh, you know, made me sad. I mean, I think he missed it. I think we missed him on stage. That ability to set fire to the rock and roll stage. We missed that and hoped. We did. I did. I hoped it would come back. And if that was the end of the story, then that would be like hundreds of other musicians who burned brightly and then faded away, right? But there's always been a little more to like for me about Henry Lee Summer. It was that legendary show. And I know if you didn't, it's a small window to have seen that show. You had to see him open for somebody else. Probably if you lived in, you know, Nevada or New Hampshire or Alabama or, you know. But we got to see that show full of energy and passion. Great Heartland Rock made better live because I lived in Indiana. He's from Indiana. He played in the Midwest. He played in Louisville. He, he, he would play these shows but if you weren't seeing him open for Chicago, you might not have seen him. So that's why we loved, why I love Henry Lee's summer. After most of the hits had come, he was still playing through the 90s. I always saw him at festivals, mostly. Great show outside of Columbus, Red Brush State Park. I know at that, it was a, a number of bands. I think the Hammerheads, which was a, a Louisville regional band that was good. Larry Crane, Mellencamp's ex-guitarist, I think played a set that night. It started to rain in the evening. So it was a long, hot summer day that turned into a, an evening, a wet evening. And I was there when I first heard him, still, still on major labels, and uh, that's where I first heard him do Turn It Up. I still remember the lights and the rain and the rock and the line about Skinner, BTO, and Bob Seger. And I heard that and I thought, man, that's a hit. It would have been on my radio station. It was. That was one of the songs we played when I was working in radio that nobody else was playing. And I don't know why so fast, but radio gave up on Henry Lee Summer. You know, his recorded output was essentially gutsy, best when gutsy, Heartland Rock. Not as good if it got to be too glossy, but I believe there were hits 
I thought that that, that that could still be a hit, even realizing that he was hitting big, just as that style of Midwest Heartland rock was not going to be embraced on the radio. He Had he had hits in 1983, he becomes Eddie Money. In 89, he was up against it. And after the hits stopped coming, after that last major label record slam dunk came out, well, he still played. Played, played great shows, parties that turned into a revival, shared acts of live, loud, shaking crowd into it, rock and roll. And he had Rick Binnick on guitar, a great weapon, a guitar player who'd worked his sound with a, a band called Roadmaster, an almost famous rock band with some prog success, weirdly long hair. This is my uh, take on it. Weirdly long hair, Indiana 60s rockers meet progressive rush kind of stuff. Rick Bennett played with them and they opened for a ton of bands and they had uh, opportunities to, to be more well-known and, and it just didn't work. But Rick Bennett was their guitar player and he became Henry Lee's guitar player. With Henry Lee, he turns into Keith Richards for Henry's Jagger. So after the arena years, uh, Henry Lee Summer Summer became a Midwest exclusive that was still at the top of his game in the 90s. Henry Lee for a couple of thousand in a beer tent, not backed into a corner stage. No. He had a big-ass stage and lights and sounds. It was a show. Hit-making days had passed a bit, but live, it was worth every bit of the effort to go see him. Three Rivers Festival in Fort Wayne. I can vividly remember the beer tent. A couple of thousand on a Thursday night. And Henry Lee Summer and his band bringing it. That's what burned. That's what you see. That's what I still see. I can still see that night. So I think that's why we're still... I want to share some of the love of an 80s guy that you might not remember. Or if you did, maybe not so much. Or maybe you were there. Maybe you saw it and you're like, yeah, Rob, I know. No, you are right. Back to 2010 in that Fisher's Bar show. When I saw him, he was backed by a, just a bar band, churning out some classic rock, each band member taking some turns singing, earning some cash on a weeknight. But it was no hat pulled low going through the motions performance. Henry Lee Summer got on stage and he was engaged. The band's energy forced Henry to bring it. And the fire and the spirit on that cold, snowy Fisher's Indiana night, it resurfaced in an oddly fitting place in the midst of an old bubblegum tune from a band called Crazy Elephant. Henry Lee had reached down into his soul that night like the old days to take the bar band higher, help them lock into a rock groove, and turn a silly little love song into a reason to believe. Made me believe that Henry Lee Summer could capture some of what had gone away. This is Rock, Pop, and Roll. Thanks for listening episode 39 as we take a dive back into Henry Lee Summer. Let me tell you a story. It was the summer of 1988, and I was living in southern Michigan. A thunderstorm, again, weather, right? A thunderstorm was rumbling and lightning was flashing in the distance. Not making it up. All a true story. I'm not lying to you, ever. I know because you can hear the crackling in the cassette tape that I have 
that I recorded from the radio that night. It was Sunday night. I was living in an upstairs apartment, a little two-room space, bedroom and I guess a little side kitchen and then living room, where whatever, small. Cardboard boxes stacked around that living room. I think I was 22 years old. Stacked boxes because I was going to have to move again in the next month, and so I didn't unpack anything. I was just living here for the summer. Nobody was living in the apartment below, which improved, and that proved important because as at the time, I was working on the radio from 6 till midnight. So you get out at midnight, jacked up a little bit, take some time to come down, drink a couple of beers. It's 3 or 4 in the morning, and I'm playing music kind of loud. So I owned an old jam box stereo, two big speakers, radio and cassette player, and this was a Sunday night, and the radio that night was, I had tuned to Q106 out of Jackson, Michigan. So although I'd started chasing the goal of being a radio guy, radio dude, earning my beer money and playing whatever the hell I wanted to on a local radio station each night, I was off on this particular Sunday. Usually I worked on Sundays. I remember I was spinning the American Top 40 knockoff from Dick Clark. I think it was called the National Music Survey. And uh, usually I worked on Sunday nights and did that and then played tunes afterwards. But on this particular stormy Sunday, the radio station in Jackson was playing the concert series in concert, and I was off, off work. In concert was a weekly Westwood One show, Westwood One Radio Network. They had the Superstar Concert Series brand, which was bigger, bigger artists, Sting and Petty and Robert Plant, and it went one artist for 90 minutes. For in concert, the hook was, it was two bands. You got two bands, not superstars, but bands that were that were working to get there. The particular night that I was recording, the two bands were the Georgia Satellites and Henry Lee Summer. When I woke up this morning, and this is what I recorded. I was feeling so blue. Henry Lee Summer live at Manchester College right here in Indiana. I turned on my TV. I read the morning paper. I went into my room, got down on my knees, and put my hands on the radio. So what came to me that night for 35 minutes through that jam box radio was roaring, joyful, spiritual, loud, crazy rock and roll. I'd heard Wish I Had a Girl. How could you miss it? And I knew Henry Lee Summer was a, the type of Heartland rocker, a John Cougar, Brian Adams, Bob Seger thing that was my type of music that I wanted to hear in 1988. I had stumbled onto this. I didn't know it was before the internet. I didn't had. I didn't. I was surprised. Oh my God! It's Henry Lee Summer and the Satellites, two of my faves at the time. You know, I wish I had a girl was the number one rock song in April of '88. So about the time this was recorded, Mellencamp at the time had. Same week that Henry Lee Summer had a number one rock song. Mellencamp was a number four with a song called Check It Out. This was all before the internet, before we depended on radio. This is when we did depend on radio for our music and our band info. And all I knew about Henry Lee Summer was his one big hit song and the ubiquitous companion video that was on TV. I wasn't yet living in Indiana. That would come 10 years later. So I didn't know his backstory at the time. Spent paying dues in the Indiana bars or his self-released music, or his live show. But some of that, a lot of that education, came through the radio that night. I got everything what I got. 
Still makes me smile listening to it. And, hey, I can be jaded. I, I'll own it. I think I can spot a band that's a bunch of wannabes live, real quick. And if you knew your shit about live music and rock and roll, you couldn't miss it with this. This guy had a gift of connection both with the audience and finding a little magic that, that he can push through the radio speakers. I've been perceptive enough to drop in a gray TDK cassette tape and record the show. I still have the tape converted to MP3. That's where I, I pulled that audio from that original cassette to give to you. It still rocks. There's still a palpable energy and a magic with hands on the radio and Hey Baby and Down on the Farm and the hit Wish I Had a Girl. It sounded perfect that night to my rock and roll ears. Coming through those two speakers. And yeah, did they juice the crowd up with studio uh, trickery? I don't know. But this was the height of Henry Lee Summer, as big as he would ever be. It was captured, and I heard it that night. This is called Hey Baby. It would be another year before I would see Henry Lee Summer live for myself. Opening for Eddie Money. In Louisville, Eddie had just released his album Nothing to Lose a few months before. At the top ten hit Walk on Water, which was at number nine. He was coming off an album that had Take Me Home Tonight, a top ten hit. I Want to Go Back and Endless Nights, all those top 40 hits. And that night, that night in Louisville, Henry Lee Summer blew him away. As, a, as an opener... Henry Lee Summer was charmingly bombastic, full of preacher fire, flying hair, jumping feet. One guy from this one guy commanded his rock and roll band and another performer's crowd. He won the night. Poor Eddie. He had no fucking chance. It was the second night of the tour, May 4th, 89. I don't know how the rest of it went, but that night I'm like, man, Eddie, Henry Lee Summer did it to you. Watch the video of Henry Lee Summer on YouTube. He performed at Farm Aid 4 in 1990. It was when it was at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis. Playing that song called Down on the Farm. I dug for it. Not a great version of it, but it is that night. Went on for about seven minutes. <laughs> so find that on YouTube or the brilliantly unhinged performance on Arsenio Hall of Treat Her Like a Lady and uh, and Hey Baby. And if you can find it, find Letterman's late, uh, late night show. 
I can't find it anymore on YouTube. I've seen it, though. It was uh, in release summer after he had been up all night. They'd been on tour, got a call that a musical guest had canceled on Letterman that day, and if Henry Lee could be there for the taping in New York that afternoon and do a quick rehearsal, he could have it. So a plane, fi- a plane flight, a rehearsal, and then a performance with Paul Schaefer and the house band. Can't find it on YouTube, but it, it, it rocked that night. Jacked up, Henry Lee Summer. It was good. This is rock, pop, and roll. Resetting the table for why I love Henry Lee Summer and maybe triggering some kind of memory for you. And that's kind of his history. His live history with me and those recorded albums and, and, and what he did for a couple of uh, magnificent years, man, that resonated. And I gotta hope Henry Lee Summer has his peace. Keeps his sobriety and his music. I remember those Three Rivers Festivals 90s beer tents. He's a guy who had, still in there, the spark and the gift to inspire a concert audience to be a little nicer to another person, a little more empathetic as they go about their daily life. That's what I always felt walking out after one of his shows. There's still a need for that, right? Henry Lee Summer still plays. He still gets out and plays. He's at festivals, mostly in Indiana. He plays guitar with the band, leads them. You can still hear the magic. This is rock, pop, and roll. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. Always tell your friends. Find us online at rockpopandroll.com as we celebrate. I celebrate that, what that was, what that still is, the magic of the live rock and roll that Henry Lee Summer brought to us. Thanks, Henry Lee. This is rock, pop, and roll that you're listening to. Subscribe to Rock, Pop, and Roll wherever you get your podcast and find all the episodes at rockpopandroll.com. Thank you, my friend Brad. As we record this in July... It was 35 years ago this month, 1988, July 2nd, on the infield of the Indiana State Fairgrounds track. Got one last fact for you. Headliner was John Mellencamp. Henry Lee Summer was the opener. Outdoor concert, 40,000 fans. Concert was the second to last performance on that Mellencamp eight-month Lonesome Jubilee tour. Did you know that night, for that one show, the sound... The lights, the stage, it was from U2. They'd come off the tour for Joshua Tree and it had used the setup. They had gone under a record, were recording at the time, Rattle and Hum. Sitting in the middle of that State Fair infield that oddly was the biggest, tightest, rockingest, and most popular that these two artists, Mellencamp and Summer, would ever be. The end of the Lonesome Jubilee tour, Henry Lee Summer at the uh, apex of his run. They'd have long divergent careers, but both are still in Indiana. Both are still playing their music. And that's good. 
And really, Summer ended up having two top 40 hits, six total in the top 100. He had three top 10 rock tracks, five in the top 50. And the music that he made live, worth all that and more when I think of the guy. Thanks for listening to Rock, Pop, and Roll. And uh, to get out of here, I want to go back to 19... I don't even know when this is. This is 90, 89? Should have looked it up, Rob. It was an MTV concert. Henry Lee Summer was opening for uh, Cheap Trick, the Flame the Flame Era Cheap Trick. Let's get out of here with this live cut. And if you want to see Henry Lee Summer live, tell you what, drive to Indiana September 2nd of 2023. He's he's playing at the Cedar Creek Winery south of Indianapolis with a John Mellencamp tribute band, Mellon Cougar, and a, a Jenny DeVoe, great artist from Indiana, and a ZZ Top tribute band. There you go. And Henry Lee Summer sits atop that. I'm out of here. Live cut of wingtip shoes. People here amongst us. Yes, there are. Who aren't having as much fun as they deserve out of life. So I'm out. Take care of each other. See you next time. Let's put our happiness. Let's take our happiness and put the mojo on all those people who ain't so happy. Can I have everybody put your left hand in the air? Everybody who's happy, put your left hand in the air. Now put your right hand in the air. Now give me the mojo bottle. Now everybody close your eyes. From this day on, you'll never be the same. One, two, three, eight.